Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71 features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Back in 2015, I was dog-sitting for a family that my parents knew really well. They lived in a wealthier neighborhood and had three dogs. It was a very safe area too, so my parents were okay with me doing it, even though I was still in high school. They had contractors working on the deck outside, and I was notified of this by the homeowners, and they told me that the guys would never have a reason to come inside the house, so I shouldn't have any concerns about interacting with them. So, one evening I returned to the house after school and cheer practice. I walked through the threshold and down the hallway into the kitchen in the back of the house to let the dogs outside and there was literally a man just standing there staring at me. None of the lights were on, I almost had a heart attack in fact. I flipped the light switch on and it looked like it was one of the contractors. He was smiling too like a a complete psychopath. He held up the spare key from outside and said... You're staying here all alone, right? You should have hidden this key better. The key was hidden in the front of the house under a rock. And not only that, but it was a very hidden rock. In the back of the garden, hidden under a bush. And the contractors, they were working in the back of the house. There was absolutely no reason for them to have found that key. Which tells me that this guy had been purposely looking for it. I told him to leave immediately or I would call the cops. As he walked by me to get out of there, he whispered to me, the cops wouldn't do much. It wasn't breaking and entering. Then he handed me back the spare key. I immediately called the homeowners and they were obviously freaked out on my behalf. 
They called the contracting company to fire them and wanted to know the name of the exact guy who was entering their home. And it turns out that this dude wasn't even actually a part of the contracting company. The whole team that was at the house every day was at that moment with their boss at dinner. Which means that some random dude was watching the house, found out that I was there alone, pretended to be one of the contractors and broke in just to mess with me. Thank God that my father came and spent the night with me and thank God that this creep didn't do anything worse. To this day, we still have no idea who he was or how he found that key. I'm fairly confident too that he didn't try anything because once I came through that door, the owner's largest dog, a Labradoodle, came downstairs. The creep obviously didn't know this, but that dog was extremely timid and shy. The reason that he didn't come down when the guy entered was because he was probably hiding and felt comfortable to come down once he heard my voice. I think that the presence of that big dog may have scared him that day, and I think that I may have just gotten really, really lucky. This is a, a story as told by my dad. My dad was a younger teenager at the time and was riding on the bus in Chicago. A man got on and sat in the seat across the aisles from him. He turned toward him and started to strike up some conversation. My dad says that the hairs on the back of his neck raised and he got a seriously creepy vibe from this guy. Gacy was all smiles and charm and asking my dad increasingly personal questions. Luckily, before things got too personal or creepy, my dad's stop came up and he enthusiastically noped off the bus and pretty much forgot about it at that point. It wasn't until years later, 1978, the year that I was born, that he saw on the news that same creepy guy, affectionately known by children as Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. Apparently, he had a thing for teenage boys. But here's another creepy detail. My dad is best friends with a guy who happened to live across the street from Gacy as a child teenager. He confirms that Gacy was a really creepy dude. He also confirmed that his parents observed the police and forensics go to work on Gacy's basement and painstakingly remove 26 teenage boys from the crawl space. Sweet home Chicago. Am I right? So I'm going to tell you guys a story that happened when I was 17. This story, it still freaks me out so much and I don't even know what happened that day. I would like to have your opinion on it if that's alright. It was in November and my friend Jacob was going to have his 17th birthday. Me being a good friend, I proposed to have him sleep at my house and then go for a walk the next day with friends in the forest. He accepts, everything goes well. He sleeps at my place and the next day we leave with friends for two hours off the road. The forest is a bit far but at the time I lived in the city centre so it took a little while. But after the road I quickly realised that I forgot the keys to my house at home and that therefore the door to my house was not locked. But hey I tell myself, we are in town and only a few people frequent the suburbs anyway, it should be fine. 
The day is going well and it's time to go home and I was stressed out about knowing if my house had been robbed or not. But in the end I just said to myself that there was basically no chance of that happening. My friend Jacob wanted to spend more time with me before I left for my studies and so we did that. And in the end he decided that he was going to sleep over my place. We walk into my house and I see that it's all intact. It's pretty nice looking and wide open so I walk around the house and... That was when I noticed something. The cellar door, which I never open, was open and there was white paper on the floor. I quickly realized that we had to call the police and check if there was anybody in this house to reassure us that there wasn't. Myself and Jacob, perhaps stupidly as well, decided to shout out that if the stranger didn't come out that the police would take care of it. To be honest, I was paralyzed with fear and... I was scared that the stranger was actually going to come out. And the bad news was that we suddenly heard the stranger, who was in that cellar, cry out, You're not allowed in this home. Get out of here before I lock you up. Jacob immediately got scared and asked me to come and see if the police were outside. Luckily, the police were there, and so they came inside. There was a bit of a scuffle at some point. And they took this guy in the car and took him away. But the creepiest thing is that the police actually found kitchen knives, an axe, iron chains, and a board. And there was also a white sheet on which was written behind you, down in that cellar. Obviously, I didn't know this at the time, but I spoke to the police later. And they told me that the individual had apparently run away from an asylum not too far away. Today, I'm 25, and these days, I always check to see whether or not I have the house keys on me or not. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. So, a little bit of background about me and my roommate in this story. We were both practicing Christians, so I do believe in the spiritual side, demons and such. But I'd never had any encounters that I deemed supernatural per se. 
but that all changed for me about three years ago. We were living in a small apartment at the time where me and my roommate, his name was Joe, lived at the time. His girlfriend had just gotten back from a mission trip to Haiti and brought home a gift for him. This gift was a crudely sort of wooden carved elephant that she was gifted from a Haitian child. This thing was really sort of creepy I guess. It just gave off a really eerie vibe by looking at it. Clearly hand carved with not the best craftsmanship, it was unsettling to look at. However, Joe being a good boyfriend graciously accepted the gift. I somewhat jokingly but also seriously expressed how I did not like the mojo surrounding this thing. He basically explained that he thought that it was weird but it was a gift so he was going to keep it and at that keep it in our room. Later that night I received an unusual text from my neighbor who lived across the hall. We were friends but we never really texted so this struck me as odd when she asked are you okay? I was in the living room watching a movie at the time so I replied yeah just relaxing watching TV. I was met with the response of Oh, I had just pulled in and thought that I saw you in your room pacing back and forth. My heart dropped instantly. I was home alone at that time and so I immediately ran into the room to find nothing but stillness. I made a glance at the wood-carved monstrosity which almost felt as if it was staring back and then closed the door. Now unsettled but not completely startled, I tried to settle back in. A couple of hours later it was time for bed, but this time my roommate had already returned. I told him about the text, but he mainly brushed it off. I've never been a great sleeper at the best of times too, so this experience didn't help me to get into a state of rest. However, eventually my mind drifted asleep, but this sleep did not last long. Now, what I remember is that a feeling that I had never felt before came over me, my eyes felt as if they were glued open and I didn't even notice myself blinking. My body was all of a sudden strapped to the bed, not able to move even an appendage. All I had control over were my eyes and I immediately looked to my roommate across the room who is dead asleep with all my might trying to let out anything from my mouth, but I couldn't even get out a whimper. My eyes then looked to the front of my bed to see a sight that gripped me with absolute curling fear, an imposing outline of nothing but blackness, so black that it stood out amongst the rest of the darkness. There was no face, no true shape, just the vague structure of a humanoid creature that looked as if it was a void absorbing darkness and growing even blacker by the second. I moved my eyes up to try and avoid this thing, but it was so tall it was hard not to see it. Then it felt as if my chest was being crushed. Looking down at the pressure on my chest, it now appeared that the thing was coming over me. It wasn't crawling over my bed, but actually levitating closer and closer to me, until I was forced to stare at nothing but the void before me. What I presumed to be this creature's face, I guess. There was no emotion, no noise, no nothing, just complete darkness. And when I think back to this, that's what churns my stomach the most. The lack of anything is... Something I'd never experienced before. I don't remember the thing leaving or me falling asleep. I just all of a sudden woke up in the morning. Naturally thinking that my mind had just dreamt up a terrible nightmare and I was still pretty shaken. However, when I looked to the floor of the room and saw 
that wood-carved creature had fallen off its shelf and rolled a solid three feet to the foot of my bed, I felt ill from the fear. I immediately decided in my own mind that the events must be connected. I have never suffered from sleep paralysis before or after this event. We got rid of the wooden elephant and then blessed each of the rooms of the house and after that we had no issues until we moved out. I truly believe as well that this wood carved object had something attached to it or at least something to do with what happened. I'm not very informed on the subject but it was of a Haitian descent so my first thought was maybe voodoo or something. This is my only ever encounter of this type of thing so please do let me know if you have any information or opinions on similar stories. Thanks for listening to my story, it's uh, good to get it off my chest. When I turned nine, my parents finally let me start walking to school. It wasn't far and even though they were worried, I assured them that I would be fine. I was so excited because my best friend lived next door and that meant that we could walk to school and back together pretty much every day. Things were going great as well the first few weeks. We had so much fun laughing and talking all the way to school and back home. There was a liquor store along the way that we would stop at on the way home too to get some snacks and candies, but only on a Friday. It was like our little treat and the thing that we looked forward to at the end of the week. One Friday afternoon after school, we began our walk to the liquor store, talking about school as usual. It was just like any other time that we went to the store. We would rush in laughing all the way to the candy, pick our favorites and hop in line to pay. This time though, there was a man with a pack of beer and... He looked like he worked in construction or something. He was in the line before us with another man, but when he saw us, he let us go first. We thought that he was just being nice, so we happily obliged, and as I talked to the cashier, my friend stayed behind me, and I could hear the two men behind us speaking in Spanish, I think, and laughing, so I turned around to look and see my friend with a really nervous look on her face. She grabbed my arm hard after I paid and practically pulled me out of the store. I kept asking her what was wrong and she said that she didn't feel safe and we should just run home. I was confused and I wanted us to enjoy our candy on the way back like we always did until she told me what she had heard. I don't speak Spanish but she did and apparently the two men were talking about me. She said that one of them pointed to me and said she looks like the one. They both laughed and agreed and the one with the beer said, let's follow them and we can grab her around the corner. She's small and won't put up a fight. I froze in fear. We were still in the parking lot of the store and didn't know what to do. We looked around us and saw the two men get into a big work truck. They didn't even glance our way so I told my friend that they were probably just joking and we were being paranoid for being scared. But... Boy, was I wrong. My friend didn't agree with me and said that they were definitely serious and we should start running. I was hesitant at first until I turned around and the truck was right behind us. I took one look at my friend and we grabbed hands and ran as fast as we could. Our hearts were racing and we didn't dare turn around. We were both crying and I ended up dropping our bag of candy we turned around the corner and there was the truck again and my heart dropped. The men in the passenger seat actually hopped out as well and began to approach us. 
He didn't say a word. His eyes were locked on me. I've never been that terrified in my life. I was frozen in fear. My friend, however, started yelling at the man in Spanish and he seemed to get angry. There was a busy road to the left of us and it was our only way out. We knew what we had to do without even having to say it. We didn't look left or right. We just ran for our lives across the traffic. A car almost ended up hitting us as well, but they slammed on their brakes at the last second and started honking. We just kept running until we were about a block from our houses. We were out of breath and hysterical. We thought that we had made it, but when we heard a whistle and we look and it's that same truck again, the men were on the other side of the street, windows down, whistling at us. We had no option but to run as fast as we could to our house. My mum was in the front gardening and she was shocked to see us running and screaming like that. We couldn't get the words out right, but all we managed to say was that a truck was following us. She immediately ran to the street to see the truck peel away. As soon as she calmed us down, she called the cops to take a report, but nothing ever came of it and I was never allowed to walk to school ever again. Back in my single days, I often tried online dating apps. I talked with well, lots of guys, but this one guy in particular, his name was Tom, we started chatting after we matched up and it went well. So we progressed to talking over the phone. He had a nice voice and I liked that he could carry a conversation because I always feel sort of awkward with talking to people and I have the problem of running out of things to say really. My mind will draw pretty much a complete blank when I'm nervous as well. So having him talking to me on the other end of the phone was a nice relief. After some successful phone conversations, we went on a couple of dates in person too that were surprisingly very pleasant. We met up in public venues, a couple of restaurants. We both had a background in English and he was also a writer like me, so it was nice to have these interests in common. Our conversations were easy, in depth with a, a pretty nice flow. I invited him to a function in my community where he introduced himself to my neighbors, friends, and even my family. They kind of looked at me questioningly like, is this your new boyfriend? Raising their eyebrows. I told them no, that we were just friends who were still getting to know each other. It felt too, I don't know, soon for me to call him my boyfriend, I guess. But Tom said something different telling everyone that I was, in fact, his girlfriend. I had to keep correcting him, and I felt a, a little bit embarrassed, if I'm being honest, and I regretted bringing him to the gathering in the first place. Overall, we really only um, dated, I guess you could call it. I use the term loosely, though, for about three weeks before things started to get, well, really weird. You see, Tom was increasing his number of text messages and wanting to spend a lot more time with me, asking to see me almost every single day, in fact. At first, I thought that this was flattering. I enjoyed the attention and the feeling of being wanted. But at some point, I'm not exactly sure when as well, it just escalated to a really different, uncomfortable level. I remember just feeling smothered. He'd blow up on my phone asking me what I was doing, but it didn't seem like he was asking in a normal how are you kind of way. There was a, a controlling undertone to the question. When I answered, 
He'd want to know every detail about where I was, what I was doing, what time I was doing it. I considered that maybe he was just feeling insecure and that he would calm down with some time. On our next outing, I actually met up with him and my friend so we could go out to a bar and just hang out. At some point though, my friend wanted to leave because she wasn't feeling good. We said goodbye to Tom and I left the bar to take her home. When I checked my phone after arriving home late that same night, I saw that I had a bunch of angry text messages from Tom about, why didn't you kiss me goodbye and things like, you don't really like me, do you? I wrote back saying, I just had to take my friend home, I didn't know I was supposed to kiss you. Kissing me shouldn't be an obligation, he wrote. Sorry, I just didn't know about it because I was occupied. We can let this go, right? I'm tired and I want to go to bed now. He said, okay, you're right, I'm sorry. Please don't ghost me, okay? Or something along those lines. I didn't know why, but I just felt really weird and that he was just too clingy. And it worsened from here. Moving forward, whenever I talked to him, it seemed like he would be deliberately trying to initiate an argument or a fight. I am definitely not the confrontational type and so this was incredibly energy draining for me to keep up with. But why does everything have to be an argument? I confronted him one day. He explained how he grew up in an abusive household and he was used to the members of his family fighting and arguing all the time. This apparently felt normal to him. I explained, well I'm not used to this and frankly it feels a, a little scary to me. People in my family talk things out calmly when we have disagreements. We don't raise our voices, jump to accusations, or have temper tantrums. You're right, he said. But of course, this didn't change. I lost the spark at this point too. That initial attraction I had for Tom was just gone. Truthfully, I actually felt pretty repelled by him now. I decided that I just couldn't see him anymore. I felt really sad and guilty for his life situation and the way that he grew up, but at the same time, the roller coaster dynamic of our communication was really starting to take a toll on my own mental health. And unfortunately, when I broke up with him, he threatened to end it all. I didn't know what to do, so I asked my parents and some of my old psychology course classmates for advice. And everyone advised me that Tom's mental instability wasn't my responsibility and that he needed to go and seek help. He kept flooding me with messages on all of my accounts though. As mentioned before, he was a writer so he'd send beautifully written lengthy pleas for forgiveness and I replied with, I really just need a break right now, but he ignored my wishes and would keep trying and at one point he even sent a photo of his dog telling me his dog says, hi I miss you and... That's when I thought, okay, this is weird and manipulative, so I'm going to block him. And I did. I blocked him on everything. Phone numbers, social media accounts, everything. But when he couldn't reach me, he even resorted to some drastic measures. He even emailed my parents. Yeah, my parents. Why is he messaging us, my parents asked me. This feels weird and creepy. I don't know, I said honestly. He's pleading us to convince you to get back with him. I don't want to be involved with this, my mum said. I don't want you to be involved either, I said. My parents knew the whole ordeal already because I had asked for their advice when he had threatened to end it all. So while having a discussion about it, our consensus was to offer no response. 
they proceeded to block him as well, and next it was my friend who had gone with us to the bar. Uh, Tom is messaging me, saying that you broke his heart or something, she informed me. What happened? Did you do something to him? I broke up with him. Just don't respond. Block him, I said, and she obliged. But unfortunately, even that wasn't the end of it. Then Tom reached out to my neighbors. I guess he remembered their names or something at the community function and memorized them all by heart or something. He reached out to one of them with a lengthy, elaborate story about how we had been together for at least six months and that we were passionately and madly in love. In this story, he portrayed himself as some kind of a victim, like I was the villainess, a man-eater, or something weird. I don't know, because I didn't read it. What did you do to this poor guy? I kept being asked over and over again by different neighbors. I was forced to keep repeating an explanation about what had happened. We only went out for a few weeks, I said. A month at most. I advised them to please not respond or encourage him. Honestly, I'm a very private person, so having my whole community know about my situation was deeply humiliating for me. This went on too for about a year. I'd have someone tell me Tom tried to reach out to me again. There was even one older lady, a neighbor of mine, that actually continued talking to Tom over email, even though I asked her to stop. She said, but he writes so beautifully and he's a beautiful dark soul. The whole thing put a rift between her and her husband, so that was a thing as well. A separate neighbor told me that she was afraid for my personal safety because she said he seems like a stalker type, like from those crime shows, which obviously didn't do much to help my anxiety. I spent a lot of time indoors for a while after that too. I felt withdrawn, insecure, deeply embarrassed, and most of all, I felt scared. I felt like I had to look over my shoulder whenever I stepped outside of my home. I took a long break from dating apps, feeling a bit shaken from the whole experience after that. Two years later, in 2018, he texted me from a different phone number saying, You know who this is? If you still don't want me back, don't respond and I'll leave you alone forever. Even though he didn't give me his name, I just knew that it was Tom. Frankly though, I was relieved. My first inclination was to think, I'm finally free. And thankfully, he hasn't messaged me, my friends, parents, or neighbors again since that time. And boy, do I just hope that it stays that way. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.